There's no such thing as guilty pleasures, only pleasures. And I think Van Helsing Prep is a real pleasure. You've seen it? Yes, in your character, it's reminiscent of Tess of the D'Urbervilles. Thank you. And welcome to an all-new episode of No Guilty Pleasures, a pop culture podcast. I'm your host, little-known cartoonist, (laughs) Ken Holtzhauser. And today we're going to go through some of the back alleys of pop culture and find pleasure in some of the strangest of places. So please, join us on this journey. Let's go! Hello and welcome to an all-new episode of No Guilty Pleasures, a pop culture podcast. I am your host, little-known cartoonist Ken Holtzhauser. And today we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart, um, atrocious movies. (laughs) If you've uh, scrolled through the list of episodes or maybe uh, heard the recent episode I did about them, I am a huge fan of indigestibly bad movies. Uh, Garbage cinema, for lack of a better term. I love them. I love the charming naivete of them, that earnest can-do spirit of trying to create art with no money and no resources. I I love them. I do. And uh, when I watched them as a kid, I used to, um, well, I used to hurl a little bit of um, uh, abuse their way with snarky uh, commentary and jokes. And little did I realize that a lot of people did that. And uh, that's going to be the subject of today's episode. It's time for Riff Tracks. It's time for Riff Tracks. scary wackadoodle font. Yep, the hideous sun demon, a.k.a. the George Hamilton story. <laughs> and guys, I, I do regret the title. See, I'm a fan of George and wrote it as the handsome sun demon, of course. Hey, the city from the old HBO intro. No, 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 no. Oh, God, we're on fire. Tony Soprano just got liquefied before my very eyes. So did the gals from Sex in the City. So, you know, not all bad. All right. A little background. Uh, As I said, I grew up loving these kind of indigestibly bad films. And in the 90s, I was pleased to discover Mystery Science Theater 3000, brainchild of comedian Joel Hodgson. It was a series in which um, snarky comments and jokes being hurled at the screen are actually being written by comedians. And so, uh, it was a fun experience, sort of lovingly teasing the movies, which is, I think, one of the main proponents of the the show that people get lost understanding, is that there's a genuine affection in the jokes. They're not just taking shots at people. It's easy to point and go, haha, that looks stupid, but it's, uh, it's better 
to sort of laugh along with the product instead of laughing at it. I followed it through the 90s on Comedy Central. It moved over to the Sci-Fi Channel for its last three seasons, and I watched it there, too. I really I really dug it, and when it left, it left a satellite of love-sized hole in my heart. So, I mean, there are, there are still episodes of the show that I've never seen before. They're, they're out there, and I, I do look for them from time to time. But still, it wasn't quite the same. Here I was in the 2000s, desperately wanting a little bit more content and not getting it. Then, the, the main crew uh, for those Sci-Fi Channel days, the main, the main stars of the program at that time were head writer Michael J. Nelson... Kevin Murphy and Bill Corbett. And they have taken it upon themselves to kind of keep this flame alive. Uh, their first attempt at it, as far as I saw, was uh, a program called The Film Crew. And The Film Crew's, um, their, their, the mission statement of the show was they were three guys who worked for a DVD processing company, and their job was to provide commentaries for DVDs that did not have commentaries. And so it was a nice kind of updating of the idea, but I have a feeling that, uh, that ended up falling short just down to the, the money required to license the rights to some of these cheesy, sleazy movies. Even in the waning days of, uh, Mr. Science Theater 3000, they were having difficulties with, uh, movie distribution companies who'd been sitting on terrible movies forever, not ever making any money suddenly getting greedy when Mystery Science Theater wants to use them. Finally looking to see if they can maybe turn a profit on some of these stinkos instead of getting them out where people can see them. Ultimately, uh, Nelson developed the idea of bypassing the rights issue altogether by creating the first iteration of Rift Tracks. Rift Tracks were... The three of them, actually it was initially Nelson, but I think it ended up being all of them eventually, uh, recording commentaries for movies they could never afford the rights to. So they did riffing commentaries on the Lord of the Rings films, or the Star Wars prequels, or superhero cinema, Transformers movies, Titanic, whatever. They were still going to be providing humorous riffs on these films, but you could buy them as a download from their website, and then you could watch, you could listen while you watch the film. End up being fairly interactive, but let's be fair, this is a microwave society, and sometimes we like to see the films and the commentaries at the same time. Happily, a lot of Rift Tracks is available for streaming. Pluto TV has a channel devoted to Rift Tracks, and uh, Tubby or Tubi, TV, uh, plays a lot of Rift Tracks and Mystery Science Theater content. In fact, I think, and I'm not sure if I'm right, but I think uh, the Rift Tracks site is even uh, helping redistribute some of the older episodes of Mystery Science Theater. So it's kind of a neat way of, um, of keeping the spirit of it alive and making sure that the people who are profiting from the uh, the streaming of Mystery Science Theater are the people who created it in the first place, which is kind of nice. Uh, back in, I think, 2017, uh, the, the three Rift Tracks guys started to do live shows, and uh, they're a hoot. 
you can see some of the live shows even uh, on these streaming services, and there's really something about the riffing and the humor when it's done in front of a live audience. It's uh, It sweetens the pot. Mystery Science Theater 3000 did a film. They did a... Uh, they did an in-theaters uh, riffing on the classic This Island Earth, and I was one of the 18 people in a theater that went to go see it. And yeah, there's just something about it in front of a live audience. It's it's more fun. I think it's more interactive. And again, it's the interaction that I remember from my childhood of like making some sort of a snarky joke and having, you know, friends or siblings or whomever chuckle at it. And that just, you've become part of the entertainment. Rift tracks is a lot of fun. And a lot of it is built on the very strong, easygoing chemistry between Nelson and Corbett and Murphy. They're great. They were great on Mystery Science Theater, they're great in riff tracks. They're great in the film crew. I mean, come on. They're they're really, really good at this, and they've figured out a way to keep that spirit alive, to keep this weird strain of comedy going. And you, however you enjoy your riffing, you've got it. If you want to download uh, their commentary on say the fellowship of the ring and sit there and watch them make hobbit jokes for two hours plus you can do that or you can find them doing just hideous hideous films and uh, chuckle along with that as well i know which i prefer but you know it's horses for courses for everybody so mike kevin bill if you're out there thanks for keeping this flag flying you've done a great job with it for everybody else I'm going to encourage you to find riff tracks. They're not hard to find, but they'll be hard to beat. We'll join you next time for another episode of No Guilty Pleasures, a pop culture podcast. Looking for something new and exciting in comics? Perhaps that other dynamic duo, The Quick and the Dad. It's a love letter to the DC, Marvel, Archie, and Harvey comics of my youth. Available now in print and digital from IndiePlanet.com. Within the pages of The Quick and the Dad, you will find supervillains, dad jokes, strange, exciting worlds, really goofy supervillains, and bad puns. I promise. Each issue will delight and confound you in equal measure, and it's available now in print and digital from IndiePlanet.com.